The way we consume and share news today is largely rooted in social media outlets. A reason why it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online, from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute. We're joined by Yerika. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Yes, happy Thursday. March 2nd. Yeah. Does that not look <laughs> peculiar to you? Because I'm wondering, where did February go? Where did January go? <laughs> I'm just looking forward to the warmer weather. <laughs> still getting. It's you still hard what? getting up in the morning. You know what, Yerika? The sun is rising a little. A little bit earlier, yep, yep. and I'm finding a tiny bit of solace there. It's yeah. no longer pitch dark outside when Yay. I arrive. <laughs> Small victories, glasses half yeah. full. All right, although I can't put a positive spin on this first story, um, given yesterday, March 1st, <laughs> independence movement in a day in South Korea, it's quite possibly one of the more insensitive stories we stumbled across. And for that very reason, it seems to be talk causing a quite a conversation online. Uh, residents of apartment complex in Sejong city were outraged to find that on March 1st there was a Japanese flag hanging in an apartment window. I don't know how to what to make of this actually. I it's kind don't. of shocking. Now photos of the I guess the exterior mm. of an apartment unit in Sejong City have caused a whole lot of fury on social media and obviously yeah. among the residents in that neighborhood. Uh, because they found a Japanese flag hung outside one of the windows. Okay, so we're going to try to give more details mm. to the story before we allow you to make your own judgment call. But it's tough for me to understand mm -hmm. why anyone would be prone to do this on March 1st. That's um, right. Of course, freedom of speech, we can respect that. However, this is just distasteful, I think, um, yeah. to say the least. Uh, I don't know who the owners of the apartment are. Uh, they're apparently Korean, at least based on yep. the apartment transaction mm -hmm. uh, contracts. Uh, but they cannot have picked the a worse day to hang a Japanese flag on its balcony. You're right. Now, according uh, to uh, uh, several social media platforms, um, you know, and uh, according mm -hmm. to Sejong City government mm -hmm. and uh, the apartment's management office, uh, the residents were left shocked and confused. Now, one of the residents um, interviewed by a local newspaper yeah. said uh, she was going to hoist Taegukki mm. yesterday morning when her son, her young son, came running to her and said, Mommy, Mommy, somebody hung the Japanese flag outside. Come see. And at first she thought that it was a joke. Okay. But uh, she went to check and uh, there it was. Um, the management office of the apartment complex received, in fact, multiple complaints from mm. the residents and uh, they actually made a visit to the apartment uh, and uh, the first time they visited yeah. they weren't able to meet with the residents okay. they wouldn't open the door they okay. thought maybe oh maybe they were out I don't know and later in the afternoon a mm. group of uh, incensed <sighs> residents of the apartment complex and personnel from the Sejong city government congregated outside the apartment and uh, they asked the resident to take down the flag and by 4 p.m., apparently the flag was down. But the, the Japanese flag was uh, for the majority of March 1st. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, of course, we want some answers. Who are these people? Uh, what would motivate them to... <laughs> make such a move you know they they did try to explain themselves but it makes no sense because they reportedly told a local news outlet okay. that they are japanese nationals and that they despise korea uh they're a couple actually they they reportedly told their angry neighbors that they pay more tax than their korean counterparts and that they should be grateful for it 
which makes no sense. They live in the same apartment complex. I was going to say. You know. Okay. Yes. An official from the Sejong City government said that the couple's resident cards mm. identify them as being Korean, in fact. And now there's a whole lot of confusion as to why they would tell everyone that they're Japanese, you know, and why they would hang a Japanese flag on the March 1st Independence Movement Day. You know, I hate to put all of this on all of our listeners, too, and be like, <laughs> process this. We really yeah. don't have answers. It's just absolutely confusing. Yeah. Can I question their sanity, how healthy they are? I, I, it's just nonsensical. Yeah. It makes no sense. So should we move on? Yeah, I think we should move on. Uh, But, you know, if 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 they were Japanese nationals, Mm -hmm. I think they should have been more respectful. I mean, does that make it better? Right. Right. Even if they were, in fact, Japanese nationals residing in South Korea, presumably working in South Mm -hmm. Korea. I'm not quite sure if March 1st (laughs) is the best way to showcase your patriotism. But if, if, in fact, if you are a Korean national, Mm -hmm. for some reason, disguising yourself as Japanese, that's puzzling. And I I think that requires a different kind of help. Right. Moving on. Mm. All right. uh, If I were... (laughs) able to get into this exhibition yesterday this would have been a much better conversation but i was one of the many who did not make a reservation Uh and was not welcomed in oh no (laughs) so make a reservation if you want good advice a closer look at the exhibit at lium yeah so the lium museum of art is holding a very special exhibition Mm. which features extensive works of some of the finest white porcelain from the choson dynasty Um, the exhibition is titled choson white porcelain Paragon of Virtue, Mm. and uh, it kicked off on February 28th, Mm. and it runs until May 28th Mm. at Korea's largest private gallery run by the Samsung Foundation of Culture. So the exhibition apparently marks the museum's first special exhibition on ceramics since its opening in 2004. It's, Mm. let's be honest, it's really tough to make these porcelain displays exciting for all. (laughs) You need a massive amount of it for one in your collection, Mm -hmm. in your archives, rent some, and then somehow make flow out of it to tell a story and for most ordinary visitors they're beautiful of course but what do you see beyond that exactly right Mm -hmm. I've seen photos and I got super excited yes (laughs) (laughs) now the exhibition features a total of 185 (laughs) pieces of white porcelain that should be quite a sight. Yeah. You know, that's up a close lot, and personal. Look at that. That's so beautiful. In pristine condition. Yeah. And I mean, if that's not enough, there's national treasures there. Yeah, too. there are the, the, the exhibition includes 10 <laughs> national treasures. In fact, now the exhibition is divided into three different sections, mm. uh, blue and white porcelain, mm. white porcelain in iron brown or mm. copper red underglaze and monochrome white porcelain. Mm -hmm. Now, according to the museum, the exhibit provides an in-depth understanding of white porcelain, uh, which widely varies uh, depending on when and where it was produced and uh, their decorative technique. Okay, because there are 185 pieces (laughs) at the exhibition. We cannot go through all of them. We recommend Mm -hmm. actually seeing, actually making a reservation first and then going (laughs) to the exhibition. But what, what are some of the more noteworthy pieces is yeah. worth mentioning this morning. Uh, among the pieces mm-hmm. is a white porcelain moon jar from the 18th century, uh, designated as a national treasure. Mm-hmm. I mean, Talhangari is everyone's favorite, isn't it? it? It really is. And I think it took a few years for us mm-hmm. to get here. I mean, there are modern artists who yeah. make it. I mean, there are moon jars in different parts of the world. That's right. There are moon jar, there's moon jar art that, yeah. that, that was very 
trendy for a while. People hanging large, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, what, what, paintings? I think one of the more, most well-known pieces of that is called Karma. And I love that. And I so think, beautiful. Right? Yep. And that just translates beyond, I think, just Korean That's characters. right. Anyway, you're right. It's still yeah. going, I think. Yeah. So Talhangari, the mm. moon jar, it exemplifies the simplicity of what was considered beautiful mm. back in Joseon. According to the museum, uh, the development and modification of Joseon white porcelain over time directly reflects the ups and downs of the society as a whole, which means that the white porcelain can actually serve as a lens to examine the history of the Joseon dynasty and the minds of its people. Fascinating. I know it's fascinating, right? Less is more. This whole idea is, I think, rampant throughout these pieces. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there are really ornate and beautiful pieces too. So maybe (laughs) let the exhibition tell a story. Yep. (laughs) And on to our final uh, buzzword of the day. So the Women's World Cup is right around the corner. Now their choice of a supermodel (laughs) by the name of Adriana Lima as an ambassador is being called out as perhaps tone deaf. Yep. So FIFA's choice of uh, the Brazilian supermodel Mm. as its first global fan ambassador five months before the Women's World Cup is being uh, described by many as tone deaf. Uh, Lima's appointment to, quote, develop, promote, and participate in several global initiatives was announced by FIFA hours before uh, she helped present the fan prize in Paris at its annual award ceremony. I mean, to be fair, Adriana Lima was, I think, a favorite supermodel for quite some time, so it has nothing to do with her, Mm -hmm. but perhaps the occasion, the timing, all of that. So let's first look at what people are saying about FIFA's decision. Yes. So Moya Dodd, uh, who was a former Australian national team player, uh, who was also part of the co-hosting bid campaign for her native Australia and New Zealand, said this on her Twitter account, quote, seriously, FIFA, is this the fan engagement ambassador we need as the Women's World Cup approaches? Mm. Now, the former FIFA executive committee member and longtime advocate for women's soccer used the hashtag ToneDef. And uh, she also posted the glamour photo from the profile of uh, Adriana Lima's Twitter account that has 2.4 million followers. Uh, she also recalled recent speculation that FIFA could sign the Saudi Arabia Tourism Board as an official sponsor of the month-long tournament that kicks off on July 20th. Uh, She said, honestly baffled by the marketing strategy. First, FIFA wants to send an LGBTQ-friendly audience to visit Saudi Arabia. Now it's marketing who exactly? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's fair. Uh, (laughs) They could have done better. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm a big fan. I've always been a big fan of Adriana Lima. I mean, she's great. And despite the controversy around what Victoria's Secret supermodel contest used to be, those fashion shows, I mean, Mm -hmm. it defined a generation and Adriana Lima was, I think, front and center. So she's iconic and I'm absolutely there with you. So it's really not to single out the supermodel, but maybe the FIFA's decision. So Adriana Lima is a professional. (laughs) And she has 2.4 million following. What does she have to say on the announcement of her ambassadorship. Well, she sounded super excited okay. on her social media platform. She posted on Twitter her new role means the world to her. Okay. Uh, she also posted to her 15.4 uh. million followers on Instagram quote, it is a great honor to be part of the FIFA family. Okay, maybe leave Adriana Lima alone yeah. and focus on FIFA's decision. Uh, that's right. right. <laughs> 
I don't know. They could have really done better. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> Thanks, Erica, for always a delightful conversation. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.